how on earth is it not just the same as when you turned it off last? <laughs> because technology. I mean, it is the case for me that it is the same as when I turned it off last. Or I guess today it was the same. So I guess I can't, you know, I can't like, can't make declarative statements here. <laughs> Thank God computers need us. Cause it reminds me every day that we'll never see a Terminator when I turn the thing on and it's like, what's a microphone? For the 305th time, we return to the land of podcasting, wherein our heroes leave without sheathed swords because that's their microphones and they don't connect to the computer. I don't know. I lost it halfway through. <laughs> Hello, Michael and JJ. Welcome back. Hey, Andy. I'm awake this time. Unlike some Progress. other times recently. <laughs> Over the jet lag? Um, yeah. Who can say? You could say, Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, JJ. Does that happen often? I gotta know as an F1 fan. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, as far as I can tell, you're not actually a fan yet. You haven't actually seen a race. You've fallen asleep <laughs> for one. Uh, to be fair, this one was in Australia. So, you know, uh, it's not frequently in Australia. It's uh, their once a year maximum. Yeah. Yeah. Although there are some countries where it is twice. Um, oh, more of those are in like three Europe and the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The U.S. has two this year. The and third one is next year. Next year. Yeah. So, Michael, I uh, I got my iPad all set up with the ESPN2 streaming app. I got the TV okay. ready to go. It connected via Chromecast. I sat down. Kids were put to bed. I got a little uh, lemon cello LaCroix soda water. I snapped it open that's and a put good, it. That's a good flavor. It's so good. Uh, it was on oh, sale. I have uh, I have a three. detour for our conversation, okay. but continue. Yeah, yeah. I crushed ice inside of my Star Wars double-walled Tervis tumbler. Stainless steel. Chips. Dip. In the fridge, ready to go. I slept right through the you entire set up. I, I, I slept right through. <laughs> I fell asleep. And I, then I fell asleep. apparently woke up like sometime past midnight and texted me, ah, <laughs> oh, man, sorry, I slept through it <laughs> after the race uh, had ended. Uh, and I was asleep at this 12, point. <laughs> 12 23 is when uh, my wife arrived home from uh, her concert that she had been at, which was the perfect evening to have had a concert so that our timing would align wherein I finished watching the F1 race and she returned from her concert. Uh, instead, I was awoken by an angry person who was locked out of the house. <laughs> and you would not can't be let in. The doorbell because... Consid yep, exactly. So, uh... That's my Formula One experience so far. <laughs> I will tell you, it wasn't the most exciting race to miss, so you could have. It was fine. I did rewatch uh, about half of it and then watch the highlights. Uh, 
man, I know we talked a lot about F1 last time, so don't panic, people. Uh, we're just doing a little catch-up because we haven't talked about it, really. They got to figure that motor out. You say to every team on the grid. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, some of the drivers, I would say, should stop crashing all the time. That would help them probably be able to do better. Yeah. Yeah. There's one uh, every other, year, huh? It seems like. It, it certainly is. I would say this has been egregious, but it has really only been three races. So it's a small sample size. <laughs> and the cars are much more different this year than they were you know, year to year in many previous years. Last year it was Sonoda. Before that, it was Grosjean. It just seems like one guy is always in the wall. Yeah, I I don't think Sonoda crashed as much as that uh, show made it, made it, it like. sound like. Okay, yeah, right. but he definitely yeah. he definitely didn't have a good rookie season. That's for I, sure. I did uh, follow up on your suggestion of listening to Shift F One. I like it so far. I'll probably give it a few more episodes. Uh, I have a question for you as an f1 person okay why not add two more teams uh, who are the two teams that are going to pay the money man okay well now I that there's a would... cap in in spending they're gonna maybe have more interest right uh and it, i thought it might be interesting and i didn't know if you knew the answer to this already i know everybody qualifies there's two team there's 10 teams two drivers per team all 20 cars qualify what if they had two more teams and some cars just didn't qualify they would never do that because what you have to spend so much money to get a formula one car up to spec that it would be like their sponsors would no they would no one would ever sponsor that team if there's a chance they just wouldn't show up i see okay Um, and, uh, there is a cap on the total number of cars they can have, but it's like 30 or something. It's way higher than the amount they have currently. And in previous years, they're like, you know, in the the distant past, there used to be more teams as well. And I did notice many of the tracks had longer grids than were used. Yes. And actually I think formula two and like some of the lower division racing series, racing, race, racing series. Yes. Yeah. Uh have a lot more cars. Yeah. And in those um those are more spec car kind of things, so not everyone is developing different cars all the time and as a consequence it's like much cheaper to get a Formula 2 team together. Sure, right? you could buy a used sure. bobsled and go to the Olympics. Mhm. Uh oh man, I have so many Formula <laughs> questions. Okay, let's do them real yeah, quick. Here. F1 yeah. TV, worth it, not worth it? I don't pay for it. It seems like so it has behind-the-scenes stuff. And so, like, my behind-the-scenes stuff questions is, I don't know, Michael, were you somewhat intrigued by our conversation last time about Drive to, about drive to Survive? Yeah. I found that, it interesting. The, the drivers, to me, seem completely inaccessible without that behind-the-scenes stuff. And I think F1 TV offers stuff like that, but I didn't know. So, I would say there is a decent amount of interviews and things like that with the drivers that are available just on the internet Mm -hmm. and so if you want that you can get it f1 has a youtube channel that posts a lot of stuff you don't get tons of behind 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 the scenes stuff but you do get some and also there are other shows that espn posts digitally um there's a guy who does like a racing notebook for every day of the grand prix 
and that does it's like you know more, more behind the scenes e uh, and they also post interviews and stuff like that with the drivers okay um there's definitely more of that on f1 tv for sure um but I, like I said, I I don't subscribe to it because I feel I can get enough of the interviews and the newsy type stuff, which is enough for me. Do you think everyone will be pulling in Alex Albon now and not pitting until the last lap? I think that was a unique place and time situation. <laughs> I would not expect that to continue. <laughs> Michael, he ha- he ran the whole race on the same set of tires and finished 10th. Okay. Uh, there's a rule that you have to change your tires at least once during the race. So on the final lap, as he was going to cross the finish line, he pulls into the pits. They change the tires. He drives across the finish line in the pits. <laughs> yep. You can cross the finish line in the pit. That is legal. And uh, to be also fully clear, there's pictures from his car. There were already like spectators and people gathering for the end ceremony stuff in the pit lane as he is coming down it on the last lap. (laughs) And like, there are people like running, like trying to move them out of the way being like, what are you people doing? Like there's there's a car car coming. He's still (laughs) racing. Yeah. And it's not like he was going, yeah, the pit speed is drastically lower. No, but it is really important. It's still fast. Well, but for his race, it was very important that everyone was out of the way because he had to get out of the pit to get 10th instead of 11th. Right. Yeah. And, and that is the first point Williams has scored this season. It, it might be the only one they score this season based on how they're doing. <laughs> Oof. You know what? Just do more interesting stuff like that, right? Like, that's the strategy from now on. Do interesting it, stuff. Yeah. It, it proved that the, the tire compound could last the whole race. So so now the big question. Are we going to play Fantasy Formula One? Uh, I am already playing Famula- Fantasy Formula One. <laughs> uh let's talk after the podcast because i'm interested <laughs> it uh you can join anytime it's like a week to week thing so yeah oh, okay it's not like a league huh they they have leagues but you know you can still just join anytime there's like nothing stopping you from the way the points accrue like they rank them per race and then also by the season ah. so you know you can win on it the shift f1 podcast reads out the high rankers <laughs> in their like uh-huh. and they, on a week by week basis so oh. if you you know happen to rank really high that week your name mm. would show up there you gotta send me those hot links all right hot links yum uh since we're mm, talking about yeah. food <sighs> i found this thing yeah, from I a had... person what yeah go ahead i was gonna say i, I, I want to hear about this uh i I think it's coming down to this, you guys, and we've got to vote on our rule soon. I think we need to set a final date for that, but it's coming down to this. Form is everything, I think, and I'm starting to think more things than I thought are food crimes, like this picture that we have in front of us. This is called a nacho. Like singular? <laughs> no, it says nachos in the description, okay. I believe. Now, uh the the audio listener would be forgiven for picturing in their mind a bed of chips over which some amount of various things are put on top. It's uh that's not what this looks like. Honestly, the for the astute uh Mexican food eater that 
would maybe be listening to us. It looks most like a tostada. Yes, yes, it does. I mean, I would say Except this is like almost a triple wide. Yeah, I, I I would call this like almost a taco salad. Yeah, with 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 no sides on your bowl. <laughs> uh, size wise, the size of two human hands, lengthwise <laughs> and tall. I think I don't know. Good lord. I this don't understand. Like, yeah, we're going to link it somewhere. But, like, it's everything you would ever think to put on nachos, first of all. Plus other stuff. It looks like there's mango on there. Yeah. I can see I've, cheese. I've been trying to figure out what all is on it. I can see Are cheese, red onion, radishes. Yeah, radishes, maybe? Green, green salsa. Or avocado, maybe? Yeah, it looks like guacamole somewhere. Maybe there's peppers of some kind i can't really see there's white onion mm-hmm. i don't see meat but i assume there's meat in there maybe there's not i can't tell could be buried under there or it might not be who knows yeah. i mean there's a mound of food and it's all layered unlike a i guess a nacho a, a plate of nachos so, is okay usually the, the important layered. thing the important thing to the description of this is there a bed of chips on the bottom i think maybe yes so once I, I watched so once I watched him eat this, there are chips buried underneath inside the taco. Okay, what's the point of the taco shell here? A like, bowl? Why'd they even do that? I don't know. Even so, it's not nachos, right? Like, you'd have a much better argument that it's nachos if you, the taco shell wasn't there. Because then it's just like overloaded, like you put too much stuff on nachos. I'm trying to see if I can find this online so I can find a better picture of it. Uh, Roxy's Red Hot Cantina. Yeah, there we go. It's in the NZ, you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, they don't have any good pictures on this thing. No, but I, there's a description on their on their website menu. Why don't you read the description to us? All right. Uh, corn chips covered in chili con carne, birria beef, chili con queso, melted Colby Jack, pico de gallo, pink onion, coriander, avocado crema, salsa roja, chipotle mayo, and jalapenos. It makes no mention of the way that it is served. Right. Yeah. So reading that, I would think this. Yeah. Of nachos. Right. What the hey? They don't. They suspiciously have no photos of it on their uh, online profiles. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think the the thing I see here, right? Like that description sounds like we're putting we way too much stuff on a giant bed of nachos. Fine, places do that all the time. It's kind of weird, but go for it. It's not illegal to call that nachos. It's just putting too much food on top of your nachos. Go with God, I guess. But what they have served here does not it, this looks like a a taco sized trough <laughs> it's literally that, a trough so I, I, sent you guys, <laughs> I sent you guys a, a picture of it from a different perspective okay because i found a that picture shows on. just how oh you got the instagram photo there you go god that's so big i mean size is not a i'm it, it, sharing size right like nachos are for sharing yes but, and you would have to share it but to eat this in any sense of getting to the actual chips that they've put in it, you're going to have to demolish the sides. 
Well, and I, I think to that to that end, that JJ's description of it being more like a taco salad is apt, yeah. because you 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 have to eat your way down, right? Yep. I think this that's is a- exactly why I thought that because again, it's like you you would have to eat about half a meal's worth of distance to get to the chips <laughs> at the bottom, right? Yeah, and that's like, unless you unless you just break it open immediately and s- smear it all over the plate. At which case, why do they do this? Yes, one of the things I really focus on when I make nachos my sh- myself is to flat. I mean, put a ton on there. Sure, it's nachos. You should make a mess, but at the same time, it should be a mound that is manageable and in a flat-ish, flat-ish assembly. I mean, ideally, I don't even you see the be- cheese. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> That's, like, a problem. And, and, like, I, you know, nachos I think of as a food I can eat with my hands. And, yeah, like, I can grab chips and, like, before. scoop up scoop yeah. up stuff with the yeah. chip. You can never do that with this. You, you need a fork. You need, like, six forks. <laughs> I think this is, a, at minimum, a misdemeanor for misnaming. Just, like, why didn't they mention that they serve it in a giant taco fried thing why don't you mention that you have to eat it with a fork? like you you you've is this a, maybe is this common in new zealand is that the issue here i don't know uh, like, uh, look man they translate things there you know what i mean this is mexican food translated via new zealand i was gonna say i i would cut them some slack for that having experienced what passes for mexican food in at least one foreign country okay there. It's it's close-ish, you know? The margaritas are served in a way too small of a glass. The tacos are... I I gotta imagine that tortilla is not very good, looking at the tortillas that they serve. But, you know, I you gotta reserve judgment. The flavor is the flavor. You can't tell from the picture. The problem with this is, it's not nachos, because you cannot physically make a way to eat this with your hands. Yep. All and right. I think that's my biggest complaint. Judgment. You know? Judgment. Crime, but light. Because they tried. I don't know if anybody else stands by that judgment. I like I like the, the categorization of misdemeanor. Misdemeanor. Misnomer. Yeah. Mis, misdemeanor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they did this and, like, called this a burrito or something. You know, they're... Yeah. They're in the realm of what could be a nacho, and the nacho ingredients are here. It's just they've done something crazy to them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of New Zealand, is New Zealand, I think they are, in, oh, it's not a, it's not a triangle, shoot, it's a circle. I was thinking they were in the ring of fire, but I thought it was the triangle of fire. It no, sounds cooler. I, I think they're outside of it. I'm pretty sure they're part I mean, of the ring of fire. They have volcanoes. We can all, we, yeah, they got to be yeah. part of the ring of fire. But we can all agree they're not part of the Bermuda Triangle. They're no. not part of the Bermuda Triangle because that would be two oceans incorrect. Yes. Uh, well, one one ocean and a and a gulf incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Several bodies of water away. Let's Look, say. I I was gonna say the triangle of fire because it sounded good, but it's incorrect. Is my point. Uh, let's move on from my idiocy and talk about triangle strategy instead, because it 
ring triangle. That's where my brain went. That's as, as, that's as far as we're going. Take it away, JJ. (laughs) All right. Uh, So I played some triangle strategy this past week. Uh, I'd been casting about after finishing Elden Ring, trying to figure out what I wanted to play next. Is it out or is it a demo? It is out. All the way out. Uh, There are several patches for it. So you can, if you get it, you can download those and they change. I don't know what Nintendo doesn't give you any (laughs) information. Fixed crashes and bugs in certain occasions is like the patch notes <laughs> like okay thanks i don't know what that means cool um yeah you didn't want to know yeah i i'm only uh i think i'm only five chapters in so not too far kind of just uh starting to get going here but this is a tactics game in the veins of your tactics ogre and your final fantasy tactics uh that kind of a game oh uh correct okay. yeah Okay, so there, it's yeah. like a kind. Of, okay, I thought it was more RPG than than tactics. That's cool. I'm into that. Uh, there, you know, there's a set cast of characters. None of this is like stuff you you can't create any characters, or at least I haven't seen that yet. Um, and you know, there's there's a story. You can you know move uh move the cursor around the map to look at things going on in various places in the world. Uh, and then you know you have your uh. They call them like an exploration phase where you get to walk around a town or a setting or whatever and, you know, visit the townsfolk and go to shops and do that kind of stuff. And then you'll have a battle. Um, and that sort of seems to be the cadence of stuff. And then after the battle, there'll be some story stuff and show you a bunch of cutscenes. after which point then you're back to the map and so on and so forth like that. Right. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it is pretty cool. I will say I'm playing on normal. I did not increase it to hard. Uh, there is an easier difficulty than normal. Um, and I haven't checked, hadn't felt the need to check that out yet. Um, unlike Fire Emblem. And so this game like is also very much in conversation with games like Fire Emblem. Right? Okay. Uh, it has the, the HD 2D look like uh, Octopath Oct- Traveler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it has a very, I, I think it's a really cool look. And the camera is movable in battle, like with the, uh, in the exploration scenes too. You know, with the, the joystick on your uh, pro controller or joy cons or whatever, you can pan the camera around the scene, you know, okay. so like turn your square-ish battlefield or area that you're in and just sort of move the camera all the time, which is new i'm used to the like final fantasy tactics way where you have like three or four 90 degree angles auto spins to the next place that it will lock right uh and it does not do that here you have full control um you want to look at it from some weird high and it also um angle so like you can you can tilt as well as spin yes so it's not just rotating on one axis you have a uh you know degree above the horizon you can alter as well cool uh, which <laughs> you can play with that. And it's just like, I'm just looking at a wall. I have no idea what this is <laughs> like not a helpful, uh, you know, not exactly the most helpful way. And then, you know, spin it around to get something better. But uh, I will say it has been relatively difficult. The on normal, like the, the battles are not easy. And if you don't like, you know, if you don't use some strategy, <laughs> uh, some, some triangle you, strategy. Yeah. Although there's less like, so, you know, you might be tempted to think again, like Fire Emblem, that there's like a weapon uh, triangle, right? Where like 
rock, paper, scissors between these three things. Yeah, that's right. why I would assume sort they call it triangle strategy. Yeah, that that's not that's not what it is though. What? The the triangle refers to the three like what do they call them? Convictions or something in the don't the lose, world. It's, don't lose me. Are these the warring kingdoms? No, uh, it's, yes, there are three kingdoms. So that part is is very much a triangle, and they are roughly laid out in a triangleish shape on the map. So you know that's probably mostly there. But then there's this like in the cutscenes, there's this like alignment system almost. I guess I would call it. And the the alignments are, which again, <laughs> these are going to sound really dumb. There's utility, morality, and liberty. You know, three things all in direct opposition with each other. What? Uh, Don't, yeah. You're losing me, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> that's all stuff for, like, cutscenes. It's like picking what you're going to do, right? It's like, oh, do I want to follow the unity route or the morality route? And it, like, influences which characters you can recruit or which actions you take, you know, in response to a character telling you something, right? Okay. Uh, uh, and... But, you know, in battle, it is the, like, each character gets a turn. You have the turn order down at the bottom of the screen. You get a move and an action, which can be taken in either order. So you can, you know, act first and then move, which is really nice. Some of those games don't let you do that. Uh, yeah, and, you know, as you, it's the other, it's, uh, oh, you always have to move first. Yeah, and they're usually very good about letting you go back. Obviously, once you commit to the action, you can't, you know, undo it. But they have, like a lot of ways for you to like test what would happen if I hit here. Okay, go here. How much damage would I deal to this guy? Okay, what about this guy? Well, what about this one or this option or this option? And then you can back up and be like, all right, all right, just kidding. I'm going to move over here. Now what, right? Like, does this change? Um, you get bonuses for attacking people from high ground or behind them or, you know, casting fire on a unit that's weak to fire, that kind of stuff. Standard tactics fair. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been really cool. I've really, really enjoyed that. And, you know, between battles, you can, you know, level your guys up, spending materials and money. You can fight, uh, they call them mock battles, which they're like training battles, essentially, uh, which I have found, at least thus far, like kind of need to engage in some of these to keep up on the level curve. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you're intended to deploy less units than I am. I'm, you know, I'm up deploying the max number of units I'm allowed every time. Or maybe you're supposed to focus your experience better or something. But I am quickly gaining more characters than I can use in battle. And if you want to be able to use them, like, if you're sev if you're two or three levels below the recommended level, your characters are going to be weak. And <laughs> it's going to okay. be a problem. Okay. I really wish people followed the all your characters get the... Get experience. ...strategy. It just becomes work. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, like, you don't want to have a party of, like, three mages either, right? So, like, would you recruit a second mage or a third mage? How much do you want that guy or girl, really, right? You know, it's just a question of, oh, this mage has, like, cooler X, Y, or Z. Is that better than this one or whatever? Is it, well, is yeah, it permadeath? So that's the other thing that's different. No. Okay, then you don't need five mages, you know? Right. And so there is no penalty for any, at least as far as I've been able to tell, no penalty for any of your characters dying in battle. I've okay. had my main character die in battle. And as long as I accomplished the conditions by the end of the battle, I was fine. Hmm. Okay. So that's definitely 
uh, a change, especially like from games like Fire Emblem, right? Yeah. So I, I've been really enjoying it so far. Like I said, it's it's one of those where like I'll sit down and try to do like one. Ba- the battles can take quite a while also, you know, especially when you have like nine units and then they have nine or more units <laughs> and, you know, the reinforcements are showing up or, you know, archers over here. And then, oh, God, I have to go like I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is wrong. And I've walked into the trap. Let's like back it up here and and start over. Um one other system that I found that is pretty cool is they have this, uh, they call them uh, quietus, I think is the name of the <laughs> the thing. And they're essentially like out of Why? turn actions you can take. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything has a dumb name. It's a Japanese game, dude. I don't know. Like they come up with <laughs> names for stuff. It's funny. It's just funny. It, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just... <laughs> I do like I do so I'll I'll talk about the quietest stuff first and then I'll tell you like how you earn them and I think that that the how you earn them part is pretty cool. Uh the so the, the way this it's like out of turn actions, right? And you get you uh you earn them over time and you essentially get to do stuff you know, out of order. So one of the out of turn actions you can take is to move a unit's turn to be immediately after this one, right? So say like an enemy goes and they crit your person and they're like at one health and but their turn is like super far away. You can use one of these quietest to bring their turn to right now, move them away, have them heal or whatever. Uh, so but it's a, you have a limited it's a number undo button. But in well, but that's in, one of the things it can do, right? You can also use one of the actions to force a unit to get a critical hit. Yeah. Or, or uh, there's several other things that you can do. They are all of that kind of power level, though, like very useful. Uh, the, and you only get a certain number of these per battle, right? So you use your quietus to get a critical hit to eliminate this unit. Well, maybe now your your other person is going to get killed, and you're not going to be able to save them. Uh, the interesting thing I think is the way you earn the ability to buy because you have to buy these, right? Like you don't just get them for free all the time. I think you have one that's available to you all the time, uh, and the other ones you purchase in like a store at your camp. And you purchase them with this currency called kudos, which again, you know, <laughs> dumb name. But it's really you earn these kudos points for doing things in battle. So like every time you backstab someone, you get a kudo point for saying, oh, this character performed a backstab. You get a kudos point for attacking from a high ground on a lower ground character. Oh, you get a kudos point for, you know, having a follow up attack <laughs> after another one or sometimes multiple kudos points. Right. If there's a backstab and, a, you know. I'm glad that they decided we're going to name the game Triangle Strategy. Just pick pick every placeholder name we chose for every ability in the game and just stick with it. You know, uh but like you're like you know, you're essentially earning currency by doing generally good tactical things, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, and so, the game well. And, and it's a cool system. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's the game going like, hey, you did a good thing. Good job, man. I, and I then instead it. of just like rewarding you with experience, which you also get, right, you know, from performing your actions or whatever. And, you know, you'll get more if you kill the unit, obviously. But, hey, when your healer heals someone, they get experience for that. But you don't really get much more. But if you heal them, you know, in a certain way, maybe you get these extra kudos points. Mm-hmm. And you know, then you can take those back to the shop and essentially spend them on stuff. Uh, 
you can increase the number of uses of quietus that you get, the various kinds of quietus. And then there's like, you can buy like, you know, lore and information like that. And the lore stuff is like one, it's like free essentially. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to buy these, these quietus abilities, they're like 50 each. Oof. That's like quite a lot. Like you might not, you might get like 20 or 30 in an entire long battle. Wow. So cool. It's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm really enjoying the, you know, the kind of, the story is like kind of your standard medieval political intrigue kind of stuff going on, you know, which family and house is going to backstab who kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's very cool so far. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Very cool. I, I laughed about the names, but, uh, new tactics games with new ideas are always, uh, fun yeah. and exciting and plus like you know the next thing we're going to talk about has no ground to stand on in terms of names <laughs> well no one says anything so how could you <laughs> uh is that true oh you might think so okay well i was gonna go with a different transition which was also well if you're gonna try new ideas and new things why not remake the same game but do it new why not do that uh, so is this a remake? Because I've been wondering that question a lot as people yes. post post a lot of photos of things from the past of this game. Uh, yes, but also and not. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. So what you're talking about is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, which, in some ways, retreads some of the ground that was told in earlier Star Wars games. Star Wars, uh, I think uh, Lego though. Star Wars, the complete saga. Yes, which I think was episodes one through six. Yeah, it is a combination of two games, one of which was one through three and the other of which was four through six. Right. So this one is one episodes one through nine, and I believe is the first time that they have done episodes seven through nine in a game. So that okay. part is new. I believe that's correct. Yes. As, as far as other Lego goes. Yeah. Is the old stuff actually the same, though? No, it's not. So there are bits and pieces, from what I understand, that are the same, but they've recut um, things together so that it's it's not quite as big, um, but just so it, it flows a little bit better as, you know, a giant nine-part thing. Hmm. And, and do the characters talk? Yeah. Ah, so this was something I read about the like the day before it came out, which was someone was reviewing it, Kotaku maybe, and saying that they when they first booted up the game, they realized that it was starting in voiceover instead of the classic Lego mumble mode. And yeah. the comment was that the voiceover work is actually so good that they turned it into mumble mode after playing for a little while and missed it and turned it back. Huh? So I've, I've just been playing it in voiceover mode voiceover from people who worked in star Wars or just like, uh, sound alikes or new voices entirely. Um, I think it's mostly sound alikes. I'm not sure for the newer stuff, but certainly for, for the older stuff. And it's just cutscenes or like gameplay time? Did they add voicing for gameplay also? 
Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's voicing for in the missions, you know, you're, you're battling it out with stormtroopers and Han is calling out stuff to Chewie and Luke is talking to Ben. Wow. That's so they, they put a lot of uh, voice work into it. I think this is something that, so uh, Andrew, when was the last time you played one of these games? Thousand ten. So they've been doing voiceover in these games for a bit. Oh, because they've been doing voiceover in these games for a bit, and I think this is just new to you. Oh yeah, definitely not new to everyone else. Right. So I I am curious that it is no, no, no. But I I was curious because again, like you said, these are like kind of remade or reused kind of re-edited or something levels and then none of that had that was before they did the voiceover stuff so i wondered if they edited voices in to that stuff and it sounds like they did yeah very interesting so are you are you liking it yes on the whole i think it's it's been really entertaining so far um in typical lego fashion there are a lot of sort of tongue-in-cheek nods to things in the Star Wars universe uh, and some out of the Star Wars universe, apparently Um, one that I heard about is that at some point when you're playing through episode one, Qui-Gon makes reference to having a certain set of skills. (laughs) Wow. Um, That is a deep. Yes. Yes. Uh, So a shout out to Liam Neeson's other famous role. I got to know if uh, the controls, tell me about the controls. Did they feel like the classic, not uh, maybe snappy-ish controls? Have they really spent the time to say this is next gen? What what have they, what have they done in the control scheme for these games? Yeah, the controls are pretty good. Um, so I think one of the biggest things that they've changed is... If you are a character that has, in this case, a blaster, it is now third person over the shoulder instead of first person. So your character stays on the screen, but you get your, you know, you you hold down the left trigger and you get your targeting reticule and then you hold you tap the right trigger to fire. The last time I played one of these games, it was like top down ish, not even third person. Yeah, no. So this is this is mo- most of the camera angle is over the shoulder. Wow. Way to go. That's Blake. very cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really good. Um the the blasters in some cases actually have recoil, which surprised me. What? I expected it to be you point the reticule and just fire until the enemy's gone, but no, you have to keep adjusting for for recoil drift. What? Yeah. It's like some Call of Duty stuff there. <laughs> They're making a game, ah. <laughs> so, when you first when you first boot it up, you have your choice. You can either start with episode 1, episode 4, or episode 7. And the two successive episodes in each trilogy are locked behind completing the prior the prior episode. Huh. So, of course I made the correct choice. You started with the original trilogy. Yes, I did. Is that correct? Release order. Okay. <laughs> um, but you can jump around. 
So if I got halfway through episode four and decided, you know what, I really want a pod race, I could jump into episode one. Yeah, but you couldn't jump to episode three. No, because right. that one is still locked. You can jump to any episode that you've opened. That reminds me of the like uh, a Batman one that I played where you could jump to different villains areas, but you couldn't jump to the middle of their story or whatever. Yes, yeah, it is very much like that. Uh, and also, like the Lego Batmans, they they have incorporated the free play mode into all of the mission levels as well. Uh, that's been a standard since the very first game. Yep. Uh, How much of a collect random bits and studs thing is this? I remember some of those old games being like, yo, you really need to collect 8 million studs on this level or whatever in order to unlock <laughs> XYZ. So the uh, that that still does exist. There's a ton of stuff to collect. Um, there are in this game, it is Kyber bricks that you're after. Kyber um, bricks. Yeah, oh my blue, God. blue glowing two by two squares. Um, and you use the, the Kyber bricks to unlock upgrades in the upgrade tree in the skill tree. Um, I have found so far that I have way more studs than I have things to spend them on, at least in the early uh, going. Interesting. Yeah, so I don't I don't feel limited. So I'll unlock a new character or a new ship and I can buy it right away because I have, you know, all these studs that I'm sitting on. Hmm. Now, okay. you can spend them on things that I haven't been spending them on, right? So if there are there are a bunch of side missions and puzzles and umpteen million different characters and ships, and you can get most of them. Um, you can figure out how to get most of them by talking to characters throughout the game. Um, and though certain characters will give you rumors, which will, will unlock, um, objectives in your, your task list, but you can also just pay to have that rumor whenever you want it. Can I ask a, Silly question. Sure. Is this game even for kids anymore? Um, yeah, it's still a Lego game at the end of the day. Um, I think that a lot of its target market is probably a little bit older. Um, but I think that it was still, that there's still enough of that cartoonish fun that it would appeal to kids as well. But in terms of the mechanics of finding and doing the things that kids would normally do, which is running around, are they still going to get as much out of it as they used to? Because I, I could tell those games were geared at kids only pretty much when they first came out. Yeah. And I think there's still there is still a lot of that. Um, and they, I, I think, honestly, the biggest thing that kids would miss out on are the beats where they've pared the story down to streamline it. And if you know Star Wars, you just kind of fill in the gap yourself, right? Because you know you know the story, and so when they compress something or just sort of skip touch over the different things, you know the details that were that were left out and can flesh it out on your own. Sure. Okay. So it's been good. I I will say that there uh, there are definitely some things that I hope that they patch soon. 
and some of this some of this might be just endemic to the game as a whole. Some of it might be because I'm playing it on Switch. Um, oh which is, wow! Uh, I thought you would have bought it on PC. No, I uh, I bought it for my Switch. Hmm. I don't know why. So the uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> huh. Um, some of the load times are a little long and, uh, I think the, the biggest pet peeve at the moment is that the tracking of completed objectives on the map when you open it up is hit or miss. So sometimes it'll show you the objectives that you've, um, completed with a little red check mark on the map. And other times it'll just show all of them as if you haven't collected any of them. That's not helpful. Yeah. It's it's kind of a pain, too, because anything, any objective that's on the map, you can highlight and make it your uh, your tracked objective. It'll do waypoint finding for you. But if you've, ever, if you've already done it and it lets you still select it, then you could wind up, you know, running across the map back to something that you've already grabbed. Man, I feel like I'm super overwhelmed thinking about this Lego game. It sounds like a full-on, almost, uh, like a Tomb Raider-ish deal. I think you might be overthinking it a little there, Andrew. I think it's still I think pretty it's still, Lego-y. Okay, all right, all right. But it, it's oh. also, like, I think it is also fair to say that it is more of a, more of a, more of a game. I don't know, that's a... I think it sounds bad. Yeah. I guess I just wasn't prepared for how much more of a game. Yeah. You can almost like you can. You can almost think of it as two games, right? So it's the, it is the play through the Lego stories missions part of it. And then on top of that, there is the Lego sandbox part of it. Gotcha. Well, that I guess hasn't changed, and the sandbox is is where it, it really is what it's really all about. I mean, I uh, I have been mentally thinking about Legos more than than not recently, having come back from the Lego house and uh, seeing all sorts of things that you know uh, they have some big Lego stores there. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in that in those countries, and like I'm sure these Legos were known to people other than me, but you know, like the uh, I think I mentioned to you guys the Speed Champion series. It's just something that doesn't catch your eye unless you're out shopping specifically for that stuff. You know, uh, it becomes kind of like shelf filler in other stores. They buy one of them, but there's actually twenty. Um, you know, just like the ideas that you could. Uh, You could be out there, I don't know, just sandboxing more than you are with lots of sets that they don't see. I don't know. I, I'm rambling now. So let's uh, let's just say I hoped this week we will have no rendering errors and the podcast will be on time. Fingers crossed. And um, gosh, emails. Oh, do we have some? <sighs> no, but I don't. No, no, JJ. Do you think we'll get emails about F one now that we're talking about it? Uh, not sure. Don't know. 
I mean, you know, how it, are we influencing the audience to go check out F1? And I don't know. Then maybe? I don't know. Uh, last last week, uh, I thought we talked way too much about Drive to Survive. And then how many podcasts that we uh, aggregately listened to were all talking about it after us? At least three. I think at least three. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe uh, the big thing this week will be Lego Star Wars. Could be. Time will tell. Could be. I think, like, I think I will probably end up playing it. I know my wife has been pretty keen to play. She likes the Lego games a ton. Yeah. And we've played a lot of them. She hasn't been so keen on the, like, uh, Marvel and DC ones, uh, which have been what they've kind of been doing most recently. Um, but she was way into, like, when they did the Lord of the Rings ones and, like, some of the ninja ones and stuff in the past. So sure, sure. we'll probably check this one out sooner or later here. Maybe... Yeah, I would like to try it co-op. I haven't played one of these co-op in years, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Even even just playing it solo, I will probably play it on PC though. I'm gonna guess, <laughs> and I'll I be did curious see, to hear the difference. I did see a someone posted a picture of like they figured out how to run the game in windowed mode and then stretched it across two monitors. <laughs> <laughs> like so the, the each co-op person could have a screen to themselves you know right. by making it like double the resolution length but the same height nice so i i will i can try that um don't know how it's gonna work though but i'm curious well if uh, people have suggestions for how you can stretch your monitor like that you will also need to uh get a second pro controller like me is all i have to say yeah i have controllers so um she she has a little controller that she really likes very small for small-handed people so she likes that one ah, a bit. fair okay uh but for folks who want to send us messages about that please send them to podcast at wewerregamers.com or find us on youtube uh at search for we were gamers on there and uh subscribe and Follow our stuff, like it, comment, all that stuff is great. And follow this podcast and wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Beautiful. I am enamored with these Speed Champions sets. I don't know what to do about it. They do look good. Well, I guess in 2020, they change the scale of them from the tinier ones that they used to be into a larger scale so they could be more detailed because that means everything before 2020 is going to be too small going forward and I could just whack it off the list done and then you just like oh no that looks good and they're 20 bucks they're 20 bucks I know the price on those is crazy and they my sure only concern with these would be like how would you pick, you know, like, are, are you rooting for a team already? Did you decide? That seems tough. I, you know, that's the thing I'm starting to understand a little bit about Formula One as I've kind of been listening to other people like, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, what you you should watch this. What is it called? I don't know. Tim Rogers was on another podcast talking about Formula One because he's really into it. Uh, 
you love to see it. And they were talking about Formula One, and everybody on there hates Max Verstappen. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And then everyone, you know, I was talking to my brother in law about it and who he likes. And it's like, you know what? This is not a sport where you just dislike anybody, really. You just sort of watch and enjoy the spectacle, I think, more than anything. And then I think that is. That is the thing as well with this sets is like, well, you could easily say, well, don't go back before 2020 because they changed the scale. So they'll be wrong, you know, before that. And then you just sort of pick what comes out, right? There's only one F1 since 2020, maybe two. But I mean, the the sponsors and stuff change every year. So you get a car and that's going to be the wrong car. (laughs) I don't think you get it for Mm -hmm. that. You get it for the uh, 50-year-old Le Mans race car, the uh, 1970 Ferrari F512. That's what you do. That's that's fair. I think they're also making uh, the 1960s GT40. Ooh, a classic. Yeah, in yellow and and orange, or blue and orange. Uh, I was going to say Gulf Oil livery. That's the one you want. Yeah. The, the orange and blue. The mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you know from my perspective, it. I like Max Max Verstappen. I wouldn't say that I think he's the nicest guy. Probably <laughs> seems like kind of a jerk, maybe. <laughs> but I had been listening and watching for so long, and every year it was just like Hamilton w- wins every race, <laughs> and like. I have nothing against Hamilton, but like I wanted someone else to win. <laughs> it's like, you know, I just wanted to see the underdog do something, right? Yeah. And so last season when it was like literally a title fight for the entire season was amazing. And yeah, I don't think you're going to get that again. That's so rare in this sport. But I am I am just here for racing drama. <laughs> and you know, it definitely delivers that every week, right? Like, oh, I you know, you hear the whispers from the commentator, I heard that so-and-so said that someone had a leak in their thing and this was going to cause them issues and we'll see what happens and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, yeah. And that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I think that's uh, where I'm landing. I, I, there are some people I like, uh, I would feel good for if they win more than others, maybe, right? Like George Russell, I don't really... Yeah, I don't need to know the next Golden Boy as much as like if Kevin Magnuson got a top five finish, I'd feel real good about watching that race. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like everyone, lo- everyone loves an underdog, right? Who doesn't yeah. love seeing the underdogs? And like Haas has been a terrible team for the last several years, and seeing them like get points and do well is just like a feel good story for everyone. I think. Yeah. Hey, even Ferrari was terrible the last several years, and seeing them do well this year has been great. Lamborghini Countach. What should we watch Formula E? Is that any good? So I haven't watched it. Um it's it's the electric racing series. They're open wheel cars but electric. Yeah. Uh the issue is that they aren't on like easy to watch channels firstly. Um and secondly that it's a spec series. So they're unlike Formula One, they're all the same kind of car. Yeah. Oh. 
I think the hilarious, I wish I had watched in the very early seasons of Formula E, the battery technology wasn't so good. <laughs> and, and so <laughs> they, every team literally had two cars per driver and the driver would jump out and change cars in the middle of the race. And I wish they had kept that so bad because the idea is hilarious. I mean, it's like, okay, you need to have your driver like lubed up and ready to like, you know, squirt out of the car and slam it back in. <laughs> just because, you know, the, that, just because the batteries were so short lived. Yeah. They, essentially they couldn't get a battery that could keep the car going at race pace for an entire. That's awesome. Um, that's hilarious. Grand Prix. And that has since, uh, stopped because they have improved the technology and it's fine now. But the other th- sweet thing that I know about formula E and I learned this from shift F on the podcast, uh, E formula formula E has literal like power ups. No, like, yes. <laughs> if the drivers drive over certain parts of the track, no, like, yes, yes that are out of the way, like out of the racing lines, you have to intentionally take a slower, like you will lose time doing this, but they unlock extra energy in the battery, like essentially giving them a boost. Wow. (laughs) That can't be true. It's true. It's true. It's true. And there's also uh, a thing in formula E called fan boost. No driver. Yes, yes, yes. Where the driver who gets the most votes from an online poll. Oh my gets god. Extra power. Yep. <laughs> this is like Reddit controlled F1. Why are we not watching this? Yeah, it's very silly. Very silly. What? And there are like a number of uh also ran Formula One drivers and stuff that have started uh, or that have been uh participating in Formula E for a while. Sure. Or people who like failed out of F two and didn't quite make it to F one have gone into Formula E. Sure. I, it is just my understanding is like again because it's a spec series it's not that it's bad or not exciting there's certainly exciting racing there you know like indycar is a spec series and it's it's exciting to watch also but it's not as prestigious and the rivalries are not as intense again because the cars are all you know pretty similar yeah you know, yeah it comes down to drivers more Right. And again, that is not a bad thing, right? And in some ways, it's a very good thing, right? Literally just leave it to the driver. But, you know, there is nothing like Formula One where you also then have the like, did the parent company spend $5 million this week (laughs) to (laughs) build a sweet new aero piece for your car? And all of a sudden, you know, your car gains five seconds or whatever. Or, Or they built it and you smashed it. Or they built it and they thought it was going to give them five seconds and it actually takes five seconds away that's happened yeah. too well that's uh one of the things they talk about in uh in that shift f1 recently was like do are the changes you're making to your car helping your car's like design are you sticking to your original design here or are you just making it up as you go well and like there are like there is a real chance that like you make a change and because the testing time they're allowed to do is so limited, like they are not allowed to just take these cars back and go drive them for hours and hours and hours on their home tracks. That's not allowed. This is not allowed. And, yeah, not allowed. And so, you know, you try putting a new piece on the car, they go drive and practice. The guy crashes or, you know, you don't get very many laps and you can't tell if it's any good. Then <laughs> you're like, well, I, I learned nothing. 